Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think I've done all that I wanted to do. As long as I can be helpful and keep going, that, that's the, uh, the, main, the main thing. My name is uh, Clifford, but call me Cliff Crozier, and I was born on 6th of September 1915. Makes me now 101. I was born uh, in Birkenhead, uh, in the Whittle, Cheshire, Apart from the, the war and the time I was at college, I'd been all there all my life. I've been retired now for 38 years. It always pleases me, though, that they keep robbing the government, really, with, of my pension. It's just that you keep going. It's only a number. 101 is only a number. And you, you live for the day. A spot of whiskey occasionally helps, although it's not on the national health. I have so many fond memories. Sometimes I sit down in my chair and I think back and I try to sort of reorganize this story about these people that I have got in my mind and um, mix them up together first and then pair them all. <laughs> and I think there are quite a few people out there that would be very, very happy to be together because they are such lovely people that they are. Emilia Teresa Harper. Teresa. It's Teresa because it's a Czechoslovakian. 103, my goodness me. A three is my lucky number. I have always been lucky. I've never been unlucky, touch wood. Oh, that's, there's wood underneath there. I was in Czechoslovakia when I, when I was a young girl and I was living with my grandparents because my father was a prisoner of war. We came over to England to be with our father when he was released from the war. Everything makes me happy. I love talking to people. I like doing things. I like going out shopping. Once I go out shopping, I don't want to come back. <laughs> I don't think there is anything that I really need to do because I've done practically everything that I ever wanted to do in the past. I've got beautiful memories, you know. I can live happily forever after because of my lovely memories.
Every major religion proclaims the gift of health as one of its supreme tenets. The Christian believes that God desires his children to prosper in all things and be in health even as his soul prospers. The Muslim believes that the good advice comes from the Holy Quran and that its every word is healing to the heart. The Buddhist understanding of good health emphasizes a balanced interaction between mind and body, as well as living in harmony with all creation. Some might dismiss these beliefs as nothing more than religious fundamentalism, yet even modern science agrees that the definition of the word health encompasses more than the physical health of the body. Eastern medicine has understood this for ages, fortunately. Western medicine and science are slowly beginning to embrace the academic merits of Eastern thought. After all, the delicate balance between the physical, emotional, psychological, and spiritual well-being of the individual is irrefutable. To all intents and purposes, mind, body, and spirit are the three cardinal elements of human life which constitute total health. Welcome to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio. I'm your host, Tiaja. Thank you for listening. It's hard to believe that we are on episode 10. Yes, this is part 10 of our 10-part foundational series on health titled The 10 Seeds Planted for Health, which, by the way, will be available on Amazon.com in ebook and in audiobook formats. If you've been on this journey with us from its inception, I just want to say thank you. It's people like you who have made Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio a huge success. If this is your first time listening, I'd like to welcome you to take this journey with us. For the last several weeks, we have challenged the fitness between your ears by distinguishing the differences between health and fitness. We talked about how fitness is simply a part of health, that it is one of the seeds planted for health, but it isn't health because health is wholeness. So today's show is about the tenth seed planted for health. As you listen to the life stories of the centenarians, you begin to hear a familiar refrain that in life we are given choices and each choice we make or don't make has a profound impact on our lives. We have all heard the biblical adage, you reap what you sow. Now this is an inescapable law of life. It is as real as gravity. In other cultures, however, it is recognized as the karmic or butterfly effect. That is, every choice we make has a rippling effect in our lives as well as the lives of others. Have you ever watched the waves at low tide? Did you notice how there is an ebb and flow of the tides? That the ripples which move away from the shore in time return. Well, such are the choices we make in life. They have a rippling effect. Moreover, they are the tenth seed we plant, which ultimately decides what kind of life we'll live. If you walk down the streets of any major city, you will see people who have lost their way, indeed have lost all hope, To them, life has undoubtedly lost its song, its dance, its fragrance, its choice. So they sit and they stand and they kneel and they beg for a meal 
sometimes for human interaction, but always for hope. But all of these are seeds. Have you noticed how much they'll desire an acknowledgement of their humanity as much as they will your charity? For many, even begging becomes life-affirming because at the very least, it represents being in the room when someone is making a decision for your life. Unfortunately, none of us can predict where life will take us when we give our choices over to others. When the third grade teacher asks the class, what do you want to become when you grow up? Nobody ever raises their hand and proclaims, I want to be homeless or an alcoholic or an addict or a cancer survivor when I grow up. But life happens. Shift happens. But none of it has to happen without your permission. Take cancer, for instance. You don't have to contract cancer just because medical science tells you one in three people will do so in their lifetime. If you accept such meaningless prognostications as gospel, then I challenge you to look at it another way. If one in three are expected to contract cancer, then conversely, two out of three will not. And that's how easy it is to plant a seed for health. Oftentimes, it's as simple as looking at an old idea in a new way. This is how you change. You literally shift the paradigm from hopelessness to hopeful. Let me introduce you to John. He tells the story about being an impetuous child filled with the wonder of making wrong choices. But then something clicked inside. He had an epiphany. And he decided to change things. Not because he became smarter or he inherited some great wealth. He simply changed his way of thinking. Do you know Sri Lanka? I climbed up the tower there, Sirigura, which is 600 feet up to the top. I've always been fond of the water and I, I did a lot of uh, yachting when I was young as well, another part of my misspent youth. My name is John Dennerly. I'm 102 and a half. I was born at an early age, before World War One in Denton, Manchester. I've had a relatively easy life, even with the RAF, uh, five years of war. It was an adventure more than a penalty, even amongst the bombs. But I wasted a lot of time, (laughs) my childhood, uh, entertainment, that sort of thing. Uh, even staying up till sometimes right through from midnight right through to breakfast time and mother would come down in the morning and say haven't you been to bed John and I'd say no I've been listening to the um, Schenectady New York on the radio with the jazz band 
and then sort of settled down once I became a pharmacist. Did you know that all change efforts share something in common? For anything to change, someone has to start thinking differently. For instance, if you want to lose 30 pounds, you can't keep thinking the same thing while expecting a different result. You must first visualize something different, then choose something different. Ultimately, all change efforts boil down to the same mission. Can you start looking at your life in a new way? Babies are born every day to parents who inexplicably welcome the new change until their collective sacrifices begin to add up and the baby by nature begins to place excessive demands on time, energy, and resources. A loved one dies and change becomes understandably unbearable. Both instances, birth and death, represent change. In life, we embrace lots of changes. There are difficult changes and not so difficult ones. But oftentimes we don't feel as if we're in control, that our lives are just being tossed to and fro by the proverbial winds of change. What you might not have realized until now is that the fact that successful change shares a common pattern, that to change your situation, any situation, you must change your behavior, and to change your behavior, you must change more than your body. You must change the heart and mind. However, the problem oftentimes is the heart and mind disagree. That what you sow in the mind is reaped as behavior in the body, which has a rippling effect on the world around you. When we think of seeds, we think of farmers. To the farmer, a seed represents potential. It doesn't become a field of corn or a tree until it is planted. Planting is the choice. In order for a seed to grow, certain conditions have to be met. The farmer must plan how to meet those conditions well before planting the seed. It is a process. First, he must prepare the soil. Secondly, he must feed the soil the necessary fertilizers or nutrients for the crops to grow. And finally, he must carefully measure how much water his potential crop will need in order to grow healthy. Health, too, is a seed and fitness is just one of the required conditions in order to live a healthy life. Thus, the real importance of fitness is to provide us with one of the necessary conditions for health, much like fertilizer or watering are requisites for seed growth. This is why health can't simply be about the physical body. Yet, without the health of the body, we cease to exist. What we feed the body determines the health of the body. So what we eat and drink comes with its own instruction manual. Imagine food as a software program that enters the body with its own set of instructions. Our bodies know precisely what to do with most foods we eat, especially if they're not processed. By contrast, the type of fuel we consume too much of in the form of candy or sodas are considered empty calories to the body that don't come with even basic instructions, particularly if we devour too much of it. And when we consume such nutrient-deficient substances, our bodies literally go into a state of panic as if we're being attacked by foreign invaders, because we are. 
Such an assault causes a complete disruption of the body's health quotient, which can take hours before it is restored to its ideal state of rest or balance. Yet even after nutritionally mugging our bodies with fats and sugars and processed foods, we unconsciously at times repeat the same act the very next meal. So nearly 16 waking hours of each and every day is devoted to doing this. Think about that. Seven days a week, 30 days a month, 365 days a year. Almost refusing to give our overworked systems a break. Then we wonder why we lose control over our willpower, eventually inviting dis-ease into our bodies. Your choices are making you sick. Though we think colds and headaches and indigestion and all sorts of aches and pains are simply consequence of living life, but why? Why do we think that? Do you think you really have to get sick? Why would you believe that? Or didn't you know that illness is simply a form of communication similar to pain? Both are methods the body uses to communicate to us that something is wrong. Remember every time we make a conscientious choice to eat against the health of our bodies, we give that control and responsibility for our health over to someone or something else, as if we're not in the room. But listen to what happens when we are in the room. I don't feel any older than I was, what, 20, 30 years ago, uh, except with my limitations. I don't feel 29, uh, but say 79, 69, 79. I'm not going yet. I'm still strong. I'm very, very strong. I've never realized how strong I am. It's all the food that my mother cooked and first of all, grew in the garden. I make my own bread by hand. I'll probably be making some today. That's my uh, online Tesco's coming tomorrow. We always, always had fresh food when we were youngsters. Always. Straight from the garden, into the pan, and onto the place. Skim milk. Kitchen towels. Six ounces of flour, two ounces of, uh, of sugar, and four um, ounce, six ounces of... Butter. Of butter. Apples or gooseberries, lots of gooseberries. Shepherd's pie. I don't have many failures. Um, if I'm making a cake and it, fa and it fails, it becomes a pudding. Any regrets? None. None whatever. I can tell you the right from my heart. None whatever. If, if I'd have been more attentive at school in my early life, I'd have studied more and harder. And uh, although I didn't do bad, didn't do too bad in the end. So. 
But uh, I think the sooner you start studying, the better. I was ill at college, and my father came to collect me, and I, I, I didn't want to go back with him. I wanted to stay at the college with the friends for a short time, and uh, I always regretted that, that uh, my dad had made the, the journey and um, I hadn't taken it up, his uh, offer to take me back. I didn't do the right thing by my father. That, that's the thing, because I, I, I admired him very much. I, I never said anything. When I had my first children, I had twins, but unfortunately, I lost the twins, and that was the most tragic moment in my life. But I, I had a daughter, and I enjoyed her company very much indeed, loved her immensely. When I lost my first baby, it was a one of the twins went. I was devastated. Eventually, of course, you get used to it because life goes on regardless. You get healed and uh, what you never forget. So, you know, it's, it's really wonderful to have something left behind. Even if they are no longer here, they're there. They're in your mind, they're in your air, all around you. It's really a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I think a lot of my children, even today, after all these years, I can still sit here and I can talk to them and as if they were still alive. <laughs> when, when people pass this way, they hear me talking to myself. They think I'm crackers. <laughs> but I'm not crackers. I'm only just thinking about my, my children. When you listen carefully to the life stories of centenarians, for example, besides walking and dancing, you seldom hear anything about a workout or a fitness regimen. If you listen closely, you will hear seeds being planted. See, they don't speak in terms of how many steps they've walked in a day or how many reps they performed at a gym nor do they subscribe to a particular diet. In fact, many still have habits like John who still drinks a little whiskey on occasion or they eat butter every single day or they bake their own bread or they smoke cigars, all which seem to go against the grain of conventional health and fitness wisdom. But maybe they're just lucky. Or maybe they've inherited some kind of super gene. Or maybe, just maybe, that even with all our high-tech gadgets and gizmos and popular diets and potions and notions, they know something we don't. Dear friends, I wish above all things that you be in health and that you prosper just as your soul prospers. You have been listening to Urban X Real Talk Fitness Radio. Stay tuned for next week as we continue to challenge the fitness between your ears. As always... Walk in health and peace.
you, you've got to keep up with the times. So what, what was good in sort of 80, 90 years ago doesn't work these days. Communicate, speak with your parents and take their advice too, or at least consider it. You don't always have to follow it, but uh, certainly uh, don't throw it out of the window. I recommend anybody, if they find the right husband, to marry. Not just live together, marry. Be closer and closer. It seems to me as if you are happy, happily married and happily living, that is the finest remedy for all ills, because you, everything is in perfect harmony. Time spent on reconnaissance is seldom wasted and be as independent as you can, but don't be reluctant to ask for help when you think you need it. Good idea is to behave well to other people, show them respect and help them as much as you possibly can and it will be repaid hundredfolds. My motto for life, there was an old uh, Scottish comedian, Harry Lauder, Sir Harry Lauder, who used to sing, keep right on to the end of the road. And that's my motto. Keep right on to the end of the road. Keep right on to the end. Though the way be long, let your heart be strong. Keep right on round the bend. Where all you love and you The longer I stay, the more noisy I shall get. <laughs> I'm staying put.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.